field now. All eyes on the flag stand, waiting for the green flag to go in the air. And although 24 hours late, we are underway. line getting reformatted now and reorganized as here comes Blaney. Lots of drafting help behind him. One car forced off the racetrack. Hamlin now on the apron. 48, get outside of the 47, going to the 48. Three more, 48, going to get a big push on the four. Car is behind him, angry. So three back to the bottom, cautious out, cautious out, cautious out. The green flag is in the air. The final run to the checkered flag. Here it comes. Ryan Blaney to the outside. Harvick will throw the block for the lead, and they're crashing behind them. 37 got pulled off of you. Direct it behind you. Direct it behind you. Direct it behind you. It's clear. Still green. Still green. So by one up top, pull back to the bottom here. Bottom to the run. Back to the bottom. 47. Same with the 47. They're going to split. Go to the middle lane here. Middle lane. Middle lane's going to push. Middle lane's going to push. Go back to the bottom here. Then back to the bottom. Back to the top. Back to the top. Back to the top. Back to the top. All the way up top. All the way up top. Still there. Corner. Still there. Bottom of three. Bottom of three. Let's go. Larry. Keep going. Keep going. Crash into the wall. I think it's Stenhouse. It might be Blaney. And Ryan Blaney wins Talladega. What a wild finish. Woo! Awesome job, dude. Awesome job. Good job, everybody. Appreciate it. Awesome job there at the end, Ryan. Thanks, guys. Good work all day. Welcome to Track Smack here on TrackSmackRadio.com. Don Hall here with Mike Haig from RacedaySA.com. And uh, it's Tuesday evening, and we are here. We're reacting uh, to the latest breaking news that just broke about, oh, an hour, two hours ago, I guess, Mike. Uh, first of all, Mike, how, how are you? Welcome back to the show. Hey, Don, how you doing? I'm doing great. Good to see you again, and wow, what an emotional weekend, uh, or really emotional Monday, because the race was uh, rained out Sunday and held on Monday, but uh, what an emotional race and weekend at Talladega this weekend. Uh, this was um, this is one for the record books. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, the, the, the race itself was amazing, amazing race. The beginning of the race, the pre-race uh, ceremonies and stuff was transcend sports we're going to definitely talk about that and what we saw the unity that came together by the entire nascar family there at the track uh, we'll discuss that we're also going to discuss the investigation we did get some news today there are things that mike and i are aware of that have not been released yet that will be released we will discuss as much of it as we can right now but what we're going to ask is that you trust us, <laughs> trust us that there's more to the story that has been released. And who knows, maybe by the time this podcast is out and you're listening to it, everything will have been released. So it won't be a big issue. Um, but we're going to update you currently as to what has been released as of 
9 p.m. Central Time here on Tuesday evening. And we will go from there. But Mike, let's let's back up. Let's reset and we'll discuss, you know, the the race was rained out on Sunday. Uh, yes, it was a washout. And we learned very late Sunday evening that there was a situation that had happened in the garage area. And allegedly there was a noose that was found in the 43 garage stall area, which of course is Bubba Wallace's garage area. Now, Mike, I want us to take a second because again, because of everything that has been going on, we have a lot of, uh, of new fans, hopefully new listeners to our podcast as well. Um, and even though, even though there's a lot of new people, we, we have always Mike, known this. We've been told this by several people that have listened to our show over the last 16 years that we have people that aren't even NASCAR fans that just listen to the show because they had listened to us on a, you know, when we were in radio here in San Antonio or other places and they just enjoy listening to our banter for whatever reason. What's, yeah. what's wrong with these people? But anyways, that's another story for another day. Um, <laughs> Uh, but I wanted to explain to folks and, and even NASCAR fans, a lot of NASCAR fans may not be aware of this, but the garage area is set up the exact same way every single week. And by that, what I mean is it's set up according to points. There is only one garage stall that remains the same the entire year, no matter what. And that is the garage stall of the current champion. They are in garage number one. And after that, will be the person who is currently first place in points, second place, third place, fourth, and it goes on like that. Yeah, yeah. And the, and usually there's two sides to the garage. And so you'll have, let's say if there's 43 drivers, you'll have about 21 or so on one side of the garage or 20, and then the other side will have the others. When it comes to drivers that are, say, mid-pack or mid-points and back, and that and they're consistently like that each year you can pretty much bet that when you go to a racetrack each year or let's say for example we'll use Texas Motor Speedway if you go to the race in the spring and then you turn around and you go to the race in the fall if you have garage passes the likelihood for drivers 15 or 60 actually no cuz that's still chase let me go back a little further for drivers maybe say 20th in points and through 43rd the likelihood that you will find them in the exact same garage area that they were in the previous race is pretty good. <laughs> or they'll be within one or two spots. Yeah. Okay. So last season uh, or the last race at Talladega was October of last year, of course, during the chase. And the garage stall number four, uh, supposedly, um, was not the stall that Bubba Wallace was in last year. He has not been in that garage until, or into that garage stall until this season. Mike, it's also been brought to my attention that right now with the COVID stuff, these guys are basically unloading these cars and there's not work being done to them. I mean, they're bringing the cars to the track in the, the way that they're going to race. And yeah. so there's not guys in the garage area like there yeah, normally there's... would be doing all the uh, adjustments and the, and the suspension setups, everything is already preset. Right. So what you'll find in the garage area right now pretty much is the toolbox, like the pit equipment stuff maybe, 
it, it might have been brought in because of the race, yeah. you know, so it was brought in and stored. And that's about it. Um, anyway, and in this case, in this case, it has rained. So they brought all the cars in and parked them inside. And it is an impound race, mm-hmm. which means you do not touch the cars. The crews do not touch the cars. They bring everything in the, the pit box, all the tools, all the, you know, things that go with that, the, the jacks, uh, the stands, all that. So all that is just basically stored in a in an area there in the garage. And everybody has their, their own assigned stall, like you talked about. Right. But what's going on now with the COVID is, like, on a race day, the guys are showing up on race day. There's no, you know, staying over practices, that sort of thing. The haulers show up with the cars. The cars are unloaded. And the toolbox or the pit box and everything is unloaded onto the track. So you don't have everybody in the garage area working on the car or all that stuff in the garage. And then it's brought out later. It's all brought out straight to the track. We know that a crew member from the 43 team and a crew member from another team during the when the race was delayed or whatnot or whatever had walked back to the garage area because my understanding is there was something, a pack of cigarettes that he was going to be receipt or getting from the toolbox that was put back into the, into the garage area. That's when they noticed this. And it's important because people again need to understand these guys are not in that garage area. This very well could have been the person who found it their first time actually being in that garage that day because they're not in there. They're in their haulers, um, their hauler area, or they're on the track. That's it. They're not walking around the garage area. And that's when this was noticed. Um, So NASCAR was notified. Richard Petty Motorsports was notified. Um, And... I'm trying to think of what's been released, uh, how to go in order with this. My understanding is, of course, that the FBI was contacted. And, Mike, I don't think a lot of this has been put out, but it, I mean, we have heard, you have heard the stories and, and stuff. Bubba's even talked about it. Bubba and the team and stuff have been receiving death threats and stuff for weeks and hate mail and that kind of thing. So, I'm just going to say that this isn't the first that the FBI has been in contact with Bubba or other things in regards to things happening. Yeah. And just for the record real quick, if anybody's listening for the first time or do not understand who we're talking about, we're talking about NASCAR driver Bubba Wallace, who is the NASCAR Cup Series' only African-American driver Mm -hmm. on the circuit. Right. So we we need to make sure we mention that. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sorry about that. Um, No. I'm trying to get my explain this without, like I said, I, you know, I don't want to overstep and stuff, but, um, so anyway, NASCAR releases a statement later on that night. Yeah. So Sunday night for, for just for example, around 11 o'clock PM, um, or maybe 10 o'clock PM uh, central time here in San Antonio, I get an email. Well, you actually got the email. You saw it first, but it, it was in my inbox. It was all sent out. We all got notified together. We got a statement from NASCAR. Mm-hmm. And that's the first we learned of this. So a statement was sent out by NASCAR, the uh, communications office. Right. It basically stated that a noose was found in the stall, in the pit stall area. 
And it sort of explained a little bit. Well, immediately, here come the conspiracy theories. Here comes, you know, all kinds of stuff. And you know what? I was just going to say that I didn't want to overstep, but I know when you and I were talking before we started recording that Richard Petty Motorsports has released a statement, correct? Yes. I want you to read that statement first before I go any further, because then I'll know where I can go with this. So if you don't mind, could you read that statement? Yes, Don. Let me call that statement up here. If you'll give me just a second. Sure, absolutely. I, I had it up in front of me, and then I clicked off, and then. Well, and I do this. It? I do this all the time. <laughs> I'm I'm constantly throwing Mike, you know, things like this when he's not ready. So. Yeah. So it's like throwing the tennis ball, and I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. And you're not looking. You didn't know I was throwing a tennis ball. It's like yeah. I throw a tennis ball, and I hit you in the back of the head, and I say, "Hey, go get it." Okay. <laughs> Okay, so here is a uh, statement from Richard Petty Motorsports that was sent to me this evening. That's the statement you want me to read, right? Yes, yes, please. Okay, on Sunday, June 21st, members of the Richard Petty Motorsports discovered a rope tied in the fashion of a noose in the garage stall assigned to the team at the Talladega, Alabama Super Speedway. In accordance with established protocols, our team member notified the crew chief who notified NASCAR of the presence of the item in the garage stall. NASCAR leadership determined the course of action of going forward with an immediate investigation into the item and its possible origins. In the early stages of the investigation, NASCAR's Steve Phelps, who happens to be the president of NASCAR, notified dr- driver uh, Daryl Bubba Wallace Jr. of the information gathered and the presence of the item in the garage stall of his team. Richard Petty Motorsports fully cooperated with NASCAR and authorities as they conducted an investigation into the situation. As a result of further investigation by the Federal Bureau of Investigation, which is the FBI, it was found that the item was not directed towards Wallace or members of the team. No member of the Richard Petty Motorsports nor Wallace had any involvement with the presence of the rope. Then it ends by saying we are thankful for the swift, and thorough investigation by NASCAR and all of the authorities involved. We are also appreciative of the support from NASCAR, the motorsports industry, and our fans. So that was what, that's what was released this evening by Richard Petty Motorsports. Okay. And you have audio, right, from Steve Phelps today when yes. he released. Yes. Okay. So here's what NASCAR President Steve Phelps said in his statement today to the media. Hey, thank you, and uh, good evening, everyone. Appreciate you making this time on short notice. As you saw earlier this afternoon, um, the FBI uh, released a statement as it's concluded its uh, federal investigation of the matter. Um, NASCAR also released its statement along with that. Uh, In addition, um, while we are still working through our own investigation, while the federal investigation may be finished, uh, we thought it was important that we had Steve Phelps add some additional uh, comments. He wanted to speak to the media here on this. Um, We will not be taking questions uh, after his initial comments. As I said, we're finishing our part of our investigation. And at a later date, uh, Steve will be made available to answer any follow-up questions that you might have. Uh, Again, we appreciate your time on this. And I'm going to hand it over to Steve, who's going to address some comments and additional information on this. Steve? Great. Thank you, Eric. Um, Thank you, Reverend, for participating in the conference. Uh, I know we're a few minutes late. We had a couple of technical difficulties. Um, first of all, I'd like to thank the U.S. Attorney's, U.S. Attorney's Office 
and the FBI for their obviously very swift and thorough work. Um, as their statement had, con had said, they've concluded their investigation and at Talladega Super Speedway and determined that Bubba Wallace was not the target of a hate crime. Um, for us at NASCAR, this is the best result we could hope for. You know, this is, uh, you know, disturbing to hear that uh, it was thought that, that one of our own um, had committed a, uh, this heinous act. Um, it is fantastic to hear from the FBI definitively that there was not a hate crime. Um, I do want to make sure everyone understands that if given the evidence that we had was delivered to us on Saturday night uh, or late Saturday afternoon, we would do the same thing. We would have done the same investigation. Uh, it was important for us to do. There is no place in our sport uh, for this type of um, racism or hatred. It's not part of who we are as a sport. Um, you know, I, uh, I want to make sure that um, everyone understands that our portion of this with the FBI um, was something that was, you know, we, we were very cooperative as, as you would expect. Um, we provided them with uh, roster information, photographic and video evidence that aided them um, in, their, uh, in, their, um, in their conclusions. Additionally, the industry was very supportive. Um, you know, the, the, not just the members of the 43, and I want, I want to be clear about the 43 team. The 43 team had nothing to do with this. The evidence is very clear that the noose that was in that garage had been in the garage previously. The last race we had had there in October, um, that noose was present. And it was, um, you know, the, the fact that it was not found until a member of the 43 team came there um, is something that uh, is a fact. We, we had not been back to the garage. You know, it was a, a quick one day show. Um, the crew member went back in there. Uh, he looked at the, at the, saw the news, brought it to the attention uh, of his crew chief, who then went to um, the NASCAR series director, Jay Fabian, and we launched this investigation. To be clear, we would do this again. Um, that of, of the evidence that we had, it was clear that we needed to look into, into this. So again, I want to thank the FBI for that. I also want to talk about yesterday. Um, you know, yesterday, you know, to me, um, as a sport was one of the most important days we had. It's one of the most, uh, and, and kind of an indelible print on my mind, uh, until the day I die that seeing the support that Bubba had, from not just the drivers, but all the crews, all the officials who were down in pit row, anyone who was part of that footprint, everyone wanted to show their support for a family member of NASCAR. We are one big family. We are one large community. And everyone's belief is that someone was attacking a member of our family. Um, it turned out that that was not the case. But at the time, it that's what people, that's what our industry thought. So drivers, crew, our officials, everyone supported Bubba Wallace and the 43 team. Um, and that was a very powerful image in, in not just the history of our sports, but I think in all sports. So you know, with that, as Eric said, we are continuing our portion of the investigation to try to determine why there was a rope fashioned 
uh, into a noose, um, which obviously happened sometime last October or before, uh, and we'll do that. And when we have further information, we will get back to the media, and, and at that time, I'll be happy to answer any questions. So I appreciate everyone's time. Um, you know, it's a, as I said, this is a, uh, a great conclusion for us uh, and for Bubba to, to understand that we are, you know, that he was not, um, he was not targeted. I, you know, just one correction to make. Obviously, I had said, I had said Saturday night. Um, it was actually Sunday night. When you, when you race on Mondays and you re- usually race on Saturday, uh, on Sundays, uh, I had my dates mixed up. So to be clear, um, this came to our attention on Sunday night, not on Saturday night. Okay. So, Mike, I want to go from there, okay, from, from what we know, from what we've been told just now from Steve Phelps and from what we hear from RPM, from Richard Petty Motorsports. And I will say the key information here, in my opinion, there's a few things. You need to be aware that when they are telling you it wasn't – they're saying there was a rope found. No, it was not the pool, the garage pool that all of the doors have. Um, it and it very well could have been, but it was tampered with, and it there was it was made into a noose. Now, yes, there was a tiny noose hanging or not noose like not hanging. Those yeah. were all normal. This is something that stood out. I mean. Come on, let's picture these guys in there. All the garage doors are up. Those are all hanging. So you would think if that was that and it was in that spot, these guys have seen that before. (laughs) This is something that was different and very noticeable. Okay? Yes. Also, we heard the thing I think to keep in mind as well in this is Steve Phelps has said the Federal Bureau of Investigations, the FBI, has wrapped up their investigation. But NASCAR is still investigating. And I think that it was very, very important to point out because they also, Steve Phelps, went on to also let us know that there is video evidence. They have video evidence of this noose being in that garage area in October of 2019. Yeah, apparently it was hanging there since then. Right. So. But do they have video evidence of somebody putting it up? That's a good question, and I'm going to say I believe so. Yeah. Um, it, appear, it appears that's where this NASCAR investigation is leading to, you might say. It, exactly. We also got a statement on Twitter from Wood Brothers Racing. Yes, we did. And we know through looking back and also from statements that Wood Brothers Racing, the 21 car, was the car that had that stall last Again, Mike, I just think you've got to piece things together. I think more information will be coming out. Would you, would you like me to read the Wood Brothers statement? Because absolutely. I have it in front of me. Yes, okay? I absolutely would love that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it says here that this was released today at 5.14 um, p.m. This, this afternoon. We are thankful that there was no one involved in perpetrating hate during this weekend's race. Just like the rest of the NASCAR garage, we were shocked and appalled to learn of the existence of the rope fashioned like a noose. One of our employees alerted us yesterday morning that without knowing the details of the incident, he recalled seeing a tied handle in the garage pull down rope from the last fall, or from last fall, which would have been in October. Uh, We immediately alerted NASCAR, 
and assisted the investigation in every possible way. What transpired over the past day plus is a unity that has only served to strengthen the bonds between each and every crew member, fan, and non-fan alike. The Wood Brothers organization is proud to stand with Bubba Wallace and the entire industry as we work to make every race fan a part of our NASCAR family. Mike, without, I mean, without just saying something, you know, that may or may not transpire, but from what I'm going to gather from this, the likelihood is, is somebody was probably messing around. There was probably no, no intentions or of anything, but you know, somebody made a noose last season or what looked like a noose hung it up in there. It's probably someone from that team or that was in that stall. They're probably, um, looking into it. I, I, I mean, I don't know if that person is currently still with that team or not or whatever that's probably being looked at. We will probably get more details to come on that, but it sounds like to me that there's a possibility that NASCAR jumped the gun a little bit on this. And I can say that, you know, I mean, if you look at things from one's perspective, I can understand, you know, because there are viable threats out there. They, yeah. they are already working on things that are going on that have been sent to them. So they have to take everything serious and treat it with the utmost urgency. And they were in Alabama. There were already protests going on. Yeah, let's talk about that. Earlier in the day, the um, several news outlets reported that there was a protest parade out on the front boulevard. I'm not sure the name of the boulevard out there, but um, it's the main drag in front of the, the Talladega Super Speedway with about 12 to 15 pickup trucks with Confederate flags. And they went up and down and back and forth. And and then, and then there was a, a sighting of an airplane flying around the speedway, above the speedway with a uh, Confederate flag flying behind it and another flag that said defund NASCAR. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of controversy about that plane being so close to the track and a lot of controversy about what was going on outside with the um, with the Confederate flag. So there was already some hot button issues going on that day, stuff brewing in the background, you know, behind the scenes of the, of the actual racing and everything that had uh, kind of gathered a lot of uh, attention, you might say. The media was kind of focusing on that because of this issue, you know, with the Black Lives Matter and banning the Confederate flag at the tracks at the announcement they had a few weeks back. So it's been a sensitive subject with a lot of folks. In the end, though, Mike, there's two takeaways from this. Okay. In my opinion, the first takeaway is, thank God, and this should be the reaction, in my opinion. What a relief that this isn't or that this wasn't a threat against Bubba Wallace that it wasn't directed yeah. at him, not to say that some of these other threats and stuff have not been, but thank God that this one wasn't my, and that the other thing that we got to see that was such a beautiful thing, this organically, I mean, what's the word I'm trying to look for? Jimmy Johnson and Kevin Harvick. Basically my understanding of this is Jimmy Johnson sent out a text to, after learning of this, sent out a text to fellow drivers saying, I plan on standing next to Bubba during the national anthem. Um, If you're with me on this, let's do this. And Kevin Harvick had the idea of let's push his car 
and let's all get behind him. If you're with this, let's do this. This needs to be a statement. We need to show a statement of unity. And so that was what the drivers did. Then the crew members got word of it. And a couple of guys with the crews organized for the crews, if they wanted to as well, to get in involved in it too. And that's when you ended up having the officials, you had crew members, basically everyone who was there on pit road joined into this backing. And Mike, you know, it was um, the other thing that I wanted to mention, you know, as it was talked about with the king being there and, and that he hadn't been at a race since the COVID-19 thing had taken place. And you and I, of course, um, are very good friends with Philippe Lopez from um, Richard Petty Motorsports. He's the director of competition there. And I had actually reached out and I told him I thought it was great to see Richard there. And he informed me of of something that I thought was really interesting that a lot of people may not be aware of. I didn't know this and I haven't heard it from any media is he wasn't expecting Richard to be there. And he said the main reason had nothing to do with COVID. It has to do with the fact that Richard Petty does not go to Talladega and has not been there in well over a decade. And it's just a track that he chooses not to go to. Um, My understanding is I believe he said something about a former crew member or something I think had been killed there. And it's just, it, it, it's a, yeah, ba- it's I, a bad vibe kind of thing for him. And I had not heard that. I had no idea that Richard didn't attend the races at Talladega. Yeah. I figured he did. I mean, we see him at so many of these other races. Yeah. He but, figured it just, he goes all, I figured he went to all, you know, 36 races on the circuit. No. And so apparently he does not, and he hasn't been there in years. And so for me, Mike, that even, makes him being there even more special because all of that, well, he put all of him, that aside. Yeah. And seeing him walk down that, that picture of all the guys walking and seeing the King out front walking with that iconic cowboy hat with the feathers was just a powerful, powerful image. Well, and I thought that even what made it even more powerful for me or what got me, what really got me and got me crying. (laughs) Yes, I went all girl, but was (laughs) when Bubba pulled himself out of the car at first and he was so overcome with emotion in the car and he pulled himself out and he had his head down in, you know, on top of the, the car, he was still sitting in the window and it was the King who walked over and put his hand on his shoulder and rubbed his back yeah. In a very like almost grandfather fatherly like yeah. type. And he, he and he pulled him into him and he hugged him. And the only thing that the king said in a statement beforehand, we all knew that he was going to be at the track because they put out a statement and he said he was so pissed off about the whole thing, uh, uh, you know, about hearing about this noose being there. And the only thing he said he could think of is he needed to be there to hug his driver. He needed to be there. And Mike, I started to talk to, you know, some folks who have been around for a long time and they were reminded me of the fact that, you know, Richard Petty had a long history of, you know, when he, when he first started racing against Wendell Scott, my understanding was, is him and Wendell did not get along and he did not think very highly of him until he got to know him and see him race. And then with that said, he became very instrumental in Wendell Scott's racing career as far as helping with sponsors, finding him sponsors, paying for equipment and stuff. I mean, helping buy equipment and things for him. And these were some of the things that he did. He was very instrumental in uh, Brad Darty, of course, part owner there with JTG Racing and, of course, l- former NBA player. And, you know, so like I said, team owner, 
has come out numerous times and talked about how important Richard Petty was. Not only, first of all, he idolized him as a child growing up in North Carolina. His basketball number was always 43 after Richard Petty. And after meeting him, Richard Petty has helped him in so many ways as an owner and, and helped out with that, that Michael Jordan was a huge fan of Richard Petty uh, growing up in North Carolina and got to meet him. And there was a lot of things that Richard Petty has done with Michael Jordan working on charity things and stuff. So Richard Petty has a very long history of, especially in the sport of NASCAR, of being there to help minorities. And, to, and, and Richard Petty has minorities on the team, not just a driver, yeah. but on the crew. So... I just thought it it spoke volumes, especially for these old school people that are coming up with all these reasons why they feel they need to hate on NASCAR, especially for these Confederate flying people who want to throw out pictures of the Southern 500 and with Richard Petty's car winning at it. And it's like, well, if Richard Petty feels that it's wrong, why in the hell can't you seem to feel that it's wrong? You know, why can't you support if you're old school and you're all about these old school drivers like Richard Petty? Why the hell are you breaking down and beating down his driver? Why aren't you supporting? Why aren't you pushing for more sponsors to come and help this team? You know, why aren't you out there trying to keep a legend alive? You know, because the fact of the matter is, Mike, and a lot of people may not be aware of this, but Richard Petty is basically just a name on that organization. He is not even the main owner in that team anymore. It's, yeah. his, it's his name that is being, you know, and, and I kind of find that sad <laughs> in a, in a way. It, it is. Um, because he's such an icon of the sport and has been for years. Right. Well, but, but where, where I want to, what I want to talk about for just a second, sure. I don't want to get too far off track, but as the race was going on, uh, Monday, and after the, we had the great ceremony, you know, the, the great um, national anthem and, you know, them pushing the car down the track and everybody walking out. Um, throughout the race, it was just like on social media, it was just brewing all this hatred. And all this conspiracy stuff started flying. And, um, and that was kind of sad Mm-hmm. might say uh it was also um kind of odd i thought some of it was odd and some of it i thought well maybe it's worth taking a look at some of this because something just didn't seem right about this i mean i kept thinking don how could somebody do this mm-hmm. i mean uh, how could they do this to him especially you know if it really was a noose and so we um we saw a lot of that brewing and then uh and then um, we we were treated to one of the most incredible races. Absolutely, I think we've seen in a long time. I mean, they they announced before the race started. You know, a couple of days before they had a press conference. They had changed some of the rules or the aero package and uh, safety features that, especially after Daytona and the big wreck that um, uh, Ryan Newman had. But we we were treated to just some great great racing. I mean, I think they had a record number. I think it was 177 green flag passes during the race. And I've got the, uh, um, if you want to talk about it real quick, Don, yeah. I've got the, I got the story up here. Uh, Ryan, we need to go ahead and say that Ryan Blaney won basically in a photo finish there at the end. It was just an incredible uh, finish there where, where they were wrecking that. I mean, you talk about we always talk about the term checkers or wreckers. Well, we had 
checkers and, re- and wreckers there going across the finish line because Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Uh, finished second. Eric Amarillo was turned got had gotten turned around and they crossed the finish line backwards. <laughs> <laughs> and there's been a lot of funny backwards little videos and things that they've had playing around with him. Denny Hamlin was fourth. Eric Jones was fifth. Chris Busher had a great race on. He finished sixth. Um, especially after he started, he started 21st in the field. Alex Bowman was seventh. Here's another guy, John Hunter Nemechek. Strong eighth place finish for, for John Hunter. Uh, Kurt Busch was ninth and Kevin Harvick was 10th. And uh, but what I wanted to say, there were um, 56 lead changes among 19 drivers. Wow. I mean, almost half the field led a lap at some point during that race, and the margin of victory was point zero zero seven seconds. Yeah. That was just incredible. And it uh, became a fuel mileage race. It did. And we even had Bubba Wallace leading a lap there, uh, leading a couple laps there, and that was really great too. So He ran uh, in the top 15. Well, and then he actually ran in the top 10 uh, for the for definitely over half of the race. I mean, he was up there, yeah. um, him, uh, Matt DiBenedetto was up there in fourth place, you know, I mean, working right there with the Penske boys, uh, for pretty much the majority of the race. There was a lot of guys that finished that their finishes do not reflect how the race was because of the, they ran out of fuel. Yeah. Also, uh, for those that are listening for the first time or, or maybe do not understand or didn't realize this, the race winner, Ryan Blaney and Bubba Wallace, happened to be very close friends. Best friends. And, yeah, best friends. And and um, Blaney has really been there here lately in the last few weeks for Bubba, uh, spending a lot of time with him and checking up on him and everything. And Bubba walked out to the uh, to greet uh, Blaney after the race and congratulate him. And then he uh, went to the, to the fans. And I've got the audio if you want to hear it. Yeah. Uh, this is courtesy of Fox and this is Mike joy who um, starts it off here. And then uh, Jamie little comes in and we, we actually hear from Bubba and Bubba gets very emotional. So here is um, moments after the checker flag waved and, and when Bubba walked out to the front shirt away by the flag stand, here's what happened. And here's Bubba Wallace walking out to salute the fans. Jamie. And Bubba got out of his car, grabbed a drink of water, and he sees some supporters up here in the stands. Of course, we got 5,000 fans here today. Bubba, I don't know if you can hear me, but what a day. NASCAR rallies around you. You got fans in the stands. Appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. describe just today this moment this is probably the most badass moment right here it's been tough it's it's been it's been hell really i wouldn't say hell it's just been hectic you know carrying his weight and carrying his burden i wouldn't really say burden either i'm proud to stand where i'm at and carry a new face look at this first times right here from atlanta that is so cool the sport is changing. Um, 
the deal that happened yesterday, sorry I'm not wearing my mask, but I wanted to show whoever it was that you're not going to take away my smile, and uh, I'm going to keep on going. I, uh, I've been a part of this sport for a really long time, uh, still kind of a rookie, starting to figure this plate stuff out. We had a good race going today in our Victory Junction Chevrolet, but um, man, I know I should have won that damn race. We ran out of gas. <laughs> um, just the stars didn't align for us completely, but uh, all in all, we won today. The the pre-race deal, the pre-race deal was probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to witness in my life. From uh, all the supporters, from drivers, from crew members, uh, everybody here, uh, the badass fan base. Thank you guys for coming out here. This is uh, truly incredible, and I'm proud to be a part of this sport, Jamie. Um, like I said earlier, I got a long way to go. And uh, we'll keep on trucking. Another top 15 for us. We'll take it. And uh, we'll just go on to Pocono, right? Okay, Pocono. So, hey, I'm still smiling. Long week ahead of me. Probably a couple weeks. Probably a couple months. Courtney's going to lay some uh, interviews on me. So, I'll be ready for Pocono, though. Yeah, I mean, it was such a beautiful moment. And and yet, Mike, it's a beautiful moment that's still being met with controversy and, you know, conspiracy theories. He walks out and greets fans, and and here's what's so cool is, and you heard him talk about it. He didn't have his face mask on. He hadn't put it on, but he and also he apologized, right? And that yeah, right then. And but he and he says the reason why is I want the I want whoever did this because again he didn't know to know that you're not going to remove the smile off my face. You know this yeah. is and and even and even though we know now what we didn't know then, I think it still is poignant that he said that because it still goes to anyone out there that's being a hater on him you know you're not going to you're not going to take away these moments from him you're you're just not now i know there's some controversy mike because people are like the the fans that he went down there and saw there was a bunch of fans down there but there was a group of fans um that had on black lives matter shirts and and stuff and i don't know i want to go back and listen because i think i have a feeling too that there could have been you know, I you can hear people talking to Bubba and saying yeah. things, and I don't know if maybe they were like, "Hey, first time, you know, fans from Atlanta or whatever." I don't know, but there's yeah, people well, like, you know, where do these people come from? How do they get tickets? And well, we had five thousand fans. Only five thousand fans were allowed to come in because of the social distancing and the rules of the of the governor of Alabama on how many could be at the event. So um, they were all spread out. But after the checker flag flew, they all started coming down toward the flag stand. Where one little boy and his father, um, Blaine, gave the flag to, mm-hmm. which is a really nice little thing. But a lot of them were there. When Bubba came, a lot of them came running down. You could see him coming down. And we heard there was an, a microphone there. They had him on a mic on a long stick and the boom mic. And so we were picking up some of the the uh, the, uh, the sounds from the, from the fans. So we heard some of that. So I'm not sure what was all said but there were some fans that were above us that were there so right that was that that was pretty pretty cool as well and we have seen um you know again there has been such an outreach on social media on twitter especially from new fans who are interested and a lot of them yes happen to be black um they they have felt over the last few weeks that this that what the steps that nascar took and banning the Confederate flag and stuff, they see as a open invitation to say, hey, you know, if you haven't checked us out, come check us out. Don't believe, you know, the things that you've heard. Come and yeah. see for yourself. And I'm telling you, Mike, there have been 
I mean, at the last race up there in um, Homestead, there was there's been a couple of NFL players that came to the race that were invited by NASCAR because they reached out on yeah. social media and were talking about how important. Um, Bernard Pollock is one of them who plays for yeah. the Texans. I mean, hell, there's a YouTube video, and it's a great video now of him and Bubba Wallace doing this kind of like newbie asking questions yeah. segment thing. Um, because he has shown a huge interest now in in what he's seen. He loves it, and, and, and I love it because he's asking questions. The questions he's asking are amazing, and there are questions that when I first watched racing I had. You know, why is there a penalty on, on this pit stop but not on this one? Or, you know, are they going full throttle here? I mean, just different. And what does this term mean? What does it mean if a car is loose or tight or whatever? And NASCAR fans are going back and forth in this amazing dialogue with, with a lot of these people who have never watched. And it's so awesome, Mike. It is such an amazing thing. And, and so I don't know. I don't, maybe these people maybe were on social media and somebody who had tickets reached out to them and offered them to them. I don't know. I don't know why yeah. it has to be a big deal. What if NASCAR invited them there? I don't know. What does it matter? I mean, I can tell you right now, you can go on NASCAR.com. Now, you can't, I don't know that they have a Black Lives Matter shirt, but I can tell you that they have a We Stand With Bubba shirt on there. I don't know why people want to make these huge conspiracies and stuff out of stuff, other than the fact that there is hate in their heart. That's the only thing I can think of, is why would you want to put that out there? Unless you have some sort of hang-up with the situation, you know, I mean, and... So anyway, getting back to where we were. So we get that. We get the post-race from from uh, Bubba. You also have post-race from... From Ryan Blaney. Want to hear what Ryan had to Yes. Say? Yeah. Because it was, so, it was extremely moving. So Blaney had some words that he said uh, about Bubba during the uh, post-race uh, interview with the media. And, and here's, some, uh, here's a few comments that he had to say regarding Bubba. So here we go. I think that's how you got to handle those situations, right? I mean, you can't let it. You can't let some idiots, you know, you know, trying to to threaten somebody. Um, you know, you can't let that affect you. And I think, you know, it shows how strong Bubba is to be able to, you know, okay, you know, you're hurt and really saddened by it, and I'm, you know, I'm sure he's still hurt by it. But to then to come together, all of us, and then be strong. I thought that that's how you got to deal with that stuff. You know, if you let it really eat away at you, that person wins. You know that those people win. So um, I think it's, it's great that everyone rose up uh, Bubba included and, and, you know, really came together. Um, so I, I think, you know, I don't, I don't want it to be remembered as a, a terrible day or a, a bad day in NASCAR. You know, I want it to be remembered as there was an incident and we all overcame it together and, uh, you know, showed that we were not going to take it anymore, man. I'm, I'm, I'm getting sick of this. Shit. And uh, it's not something that he should deal with. And, um, you know, just uh, kind of like I say about that. And as as you can see there, Don, he uh, very he's very touched and very uh, emotional as well. About he's that. very protective of his friend too. He really he really is. Um, and did you have the audio from Jimmy as well, or no? Okay. Um, well, I have audio of Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> okay. Um, I, that I think is important to, you know, to yeah. listen to, because it talks about how they came together or came with the idea of what they were going to do. Well, let's play that and then let's follow up 
real quick with Eric Amarola because he had a, um, a little clip that he did where he was part of the NASCAR diversity program at one point. Yes. I didn't, I didn't know that. Oh yeah. So, so he can relate to it as well. So, you know, read the news, uh, you know, anger, pissed off, all of that was, you know, my blood was boiling. I could not believe, um, that, that that had happened. <laughs> um, as momentum built and the, the, the awareness of, of the statement the garage was going to make and how many people reached out and how many people wanted to be involved, it shifted to you know, just great pride for our sport. Um, so I, you know, from when I woke up, I was up early this morning, went for a bike ride. I was probably up at 5.30, um, saw the news. And uh, from 5.30 to probably 10.30, everything took place. And I, my, my emotions just followed that from complete and total anger and disbelief to then just great pride of, of our sport and how we were going to react to that. Personally, and, and I'm going to do my best to not make this about me because this is not about me. I'll make that very clear. Um, but I came through the diversity program. I would not have the opportunity to be sitting here in front of you today if it wasn't for Reggie White, a black NFL football player who decided to put together a diversity program with Joe Gibbs and Joe Gibbs Racing. And that's how I got my opportunity because I'm a Cuban American and my dad and, and his whole side of the family came from Cuba in 1966. And so growing up trying to race as a Cuban American, sure. I've had things uh, said to me, um, things that were offensive and that hurt. And so I've, I actually told Bubba this morning um, that on a very, very small scale, I can relate and I can empathize, um, but I have never, had to go through what he's had to go through um, these last couple of weeks and especially in the last 24 hours. And I feel for him immensely. Fort uh, has worked so hard since I got my opportunity in, in 2004 um, to adapt. You know, I think forever NASCAR has been considered an all-American sport and all of America has changed and evolved a lot um, over time. And, and I think that NASCAR has done an incredible job of being inclusive and making sure that the garage area, the, um, you know, the spectators, the fan area, that they all resemble all of America. And there you go, Mike. And so uh, let's jump in. Because, yeah, I want to remind you, I believe, um, because Eric is Cuban, Yes. Uh, he has, a, um, and so he, he of course is one, you know, and again, people need to remember Kyle Larson, Kyle Larson and Daryl Wallace or Bubba Wallace came up through the drive for diversity program together. Um, and I know, you know, again, Daniel Suarez is out there. There's, um, and, and there was a couple of other people too, that I'm trying to remember names, but there's also a lot of crew members. And that's another thing that people don't realize is a lot of these crew members that are out there are, are through the drive for diversity program. They also teach, yeah. they not, and not just crew members. There are PR people, there are engineers, there are every job that you see in NASCAR, there is a person that, or, or a position that through the drive for diversity that you can work through for females, for minorities, you know, it's, it's yeah. everything. So, um, you know, yeah, that, I did a, I did a story about a girl from San Antonio uh, who I think went to St. Mary's Hall and worked in their corporate office in Daytona Beach, Florida. Mm, okay. she, she was an Hispanic girl and, and did some really cool stuff. So they have a 
really great program. Yeah. I mean, and it goes back, I mean, a long way. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm saying back when Max Siegel, you know, had started the program there too. And then Mike, I mean, I remember when Juan Pablo Montoya was there, you, you remember this as well. They were really pushing, especially in Hispanic marketplaces. So when you would come to Texas and Phoenix and California, they actually had the tracks had numbers set up that um, operators for tickets and stuff were set up that they were Spanish speaking operators and stuff because they were really pushing the markets and trying to expand the markets, you know, for Hispanic viewership and that kind of stuff. And so, I mean, the, this NASCAR has been doing this. That's the thing that people don't understand is they have really been out there doing these kind of things well over a decade, well over a decade. Yeah. They've been doing it. So I just wanted to throw that out there. But then that leads us to today. And today was a long day of all sorts of social media, just explosion, uh, uh, it started in the morning with all this conspiracy stuff because NASCAR hadn't said anything more and people started finding pictures and videos of the garage door pull rope. Mm-hmm. And ironically, <laughs> it seems like all the doors, the pull rope, like if you have a garage door, and you want to pull the door down. A lot of times there's a rope on the side that mm-hmm. you pull and you, and you hold on to as the door is coming down so it doesn't slam. You hold on to the rope. And a lot of these ropes had a little loop, looked like a noose. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't very big. It was big enough maybe for you to put your, your hand through right, and, and, and hold it. And so when the door is up, it looks like there's a noose hanging, like a little mini noose hanging down. And so there was a lot of stuff that was being shown by not just media, but a lot of fans really got after it today. And it really got a lot. It even got me thinking about, could there be something more to this? You know, I was questioning you and I had several talks and you had to talk me, talk me down. I had to talk you off the ledge because you were ready to jump right into the conspiracy pool. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) naked. You were ready to swan dive naked into the depths of the conspiracy pool. And I kept telling you. Or would that be a scary sight? (laughs) I just kept saying, Mike, don't buy into it. Because I don't, I'm telling you, I don't, I don't think this is the situation. (laughs) So anyway, but, uh, but it was kind of strange to see those ropes. Now I have a feeling now. After all this, I'm sure those ropes are going to be changed on every garage door, so we don't go through and have this this again. But uh, we finally got a statement from NASCAR today because we were waiting, and we were. I had a feeling at some point today there was going to be something that came out. Right. Now we heard we. I read to you the Richard Petty statement. And we heard Steve Phelps, but I have not read the NASCAR statement. So we want to hear that real quick. Yes. Because there's something in there that I want to focus on. And then I want to talk about where, where, where people are now. Okay. Because people are going in a different direction now. It's But it says this was released by NASCAR, what, around five o'clock, four o'clock today? Yes. Uh, it was about, it was about four o'clock because then they did their press conference at five o'clock Eastern, six yes. o'clock. Or no, 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 no. They released was, that at five o'clock and they did the press conference at six o'clock Eastern. So we got it at four. Yes. Basis, so. 
But basically, it says the FBI, NASCAR statement, the FBI has completed its investigation at Talladega Super Speedway and determined that Bubba Wallace was not the target of a hate crime. The FBI report concludes and photographic evidence confirms that the garage door pull rope fashioned like a noose had been had been positioned there since as early as last fall. This was obviously well before the 43-team arrival in the garage assignment. We appreciate the FBI's quick and thorough investigation and are thankful to learn that this was not an intentional racist act against Bubba. We remain steadfast in our commitment to providing a welcoming and inclusive environment for all who love racing. And that was from NASCAR President Steve Phelps. Now this rope, this garage door pull rope fastened like a like a uh, like a noose. People have seen these other conspiracy videos and pictures that are that are out there, and they're thinking that that's the noose they're talking about, right? And that's what we're trying to say is that's not. It's not. There's yep. an there's another noose you might say, or a bigger one. It was, it's the pool that was used. The, the pool, yeah, on like that those, door. But my understanding that, is, is it's been tampered with and altered, like, yeah. and made bigger. Yes. And that's why NASCAR is having, if you're wondering why is NASCAR still investigating this, well, they're not finished. Yes. The FBI did their investigation, but now NASCAR is having theirs. And so they're, we can expect, can't say really what's going to be announced, but we can expect there's going to be more information that's going to be forthcoming. Right. And let us just say that as of nine o'clock this evening, Tuesday evening, Mike, um, and I, I did go post this and I believe you did too. I want it to be very clear that there has been no official photo or mm -hmm. video evidence put out by NASCAR. <laughs> so anything that you're seeing, if you're seeing pictures of garages, you know, of the garage stalls or whatever, those are all pictures that were taken Years or even last year, yeah. Bob Pockers put one out of the 21 car. He had gone through and he saw that he had a picture of the 21 car there in the garage. And you can see the little the little rope hanging. Yeah. And I, and I even shared one because I wanted people to see what the garage door little rope that they're talking about. Right. And that's and, why I posted the one. And that's what Mike, you know what? On, on, what, on my page. So maybe I didn't explain it correctly when I posted it. Well, no, and it's not your fault, but here's what cracks me up is everyone's reaction to seeing those pictures. This has been what everyone's reaction is. Are you kidding me? They would think that that's a noose. What the hell? So if that's what your, and by your, I'm meaning these people's reaction is, why would you in your right mind think that that's the one that they're talking about and not understand or comprehend that, no, <laughs> there was something put together that looks like a noose that was yeah. not normal, stood well, out, the, and, you know, the, was different. Yeah, the fact that NASCAR hasn't released a photo, mm -hmm. people think it's this other right. rope on the door. Right. Had NASCAR, and maybe they should have put out an actual photo of what the actual noose looked like. I wish that they would, and I wish that they would because it, Because it might... Go ahead. I, I, let me just finish. It it might change people's direction and all the unfair comments that are being made toward Bubba right now because 
And that's where I, I, I have a few things to say about that in a few minutes. Right. Because I'm real, real pissed about that. But uh, unfortunately, uh, people are, it's like almost like NASCAR has misled them a little bit. Yes, very much so. Um, and I think we will learn more about that in the coming days. Um, I'd like to see a timeline kind of of who and what was brought up because my understanding, Mike, is was Bubba not aware? And the team but, was trying not to let Bubba know because they understood Bubba, you know, I mean, he was due to race the next day. Yeah, they didn't want him want, worrying about wanna, any of that. You don't want that getting in someone's head and yes. worrying. I mean, the, he's got enough to worry about right now is with all the other things that have been going on and the, the ugly things that have been said. Yeah. So I don't know what the full situation is. I don't know if, you know... If NASCAR put this but, out and, and RPM wasn't aware that it was going to be put out or what's the situation, but I, well, I, I'm a little, I'm a little upset and I'm, I'm going to go off for a second. Yes, I'm a please. You, Cause with, I'm with, always the one that goes off. You please go with, off. I'm a little upset with NASCAR because I feel like they probably jumped the gun on this. They didn't handle it right. They uh, were quick to, to get the story out there because, Ooh, we got a big race tomorrow. It's on a Monday. We have all the attention, and we and then a lot of people won't be watching because they're going to work. But now we've got a story, and this is perfect for what our message is with the Black Lives Matter. Which I don't have a problem with 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 the, with the, the message that they're trying to do because we do need to get my, more non, minorities in the sport. We need we, the sport needs to diversify a little bit, and there's been some problems. We all know that, but I was upset at the way they handled it. But then what really got to me is Bubba. You know, I've been privileged and, and and honored, and it's been an honor and a privilege that I've had an opportunity to uh, interview Bubba a couple times when he was in the truck series. There was a couple of media opportunities that I was able to talk to him, and I think I did a phoner on the phone once with him on a call when he first started racing in the truck series uh, that I, Texas Motor Speedway set up. He was always very uh, professional gave me a lot of time, um, was, was, you know, always nice and everything. So I've, I've had no problems with Bubba, but we also know that Bubba has a little bit of suffers from the depression. He's been open with that and it's been a big struggle for him, but I know that this has not been easy on him. And, and I think NASCAR could have probably handled this better because my big concern right now is, and a lot of people might say, oh, you know, you're just, you're just a bubble lover and everything. And, and, and I'm not really um, happy with the way, the fact, the way that they've handled that, because I'm concerned about Bubba because of, of his depression. I'm concerned about, you know, what he has to think about and deal with at night when he leaves the track. He's made some comments about him being afraid, and but just knowing people that have depression. I mean, I taught school for thirty years. I have a lot of kids that suffered from depression. Um, it's it's a it's it's tough to go through, and and I, I worry about him mentally, how he's dealing with this, and I really hope that he's going to be okay because this is a lot. I mean, think about think about you if, for a second, you know, for the people listening out there. What if this was all directed at you and, and all, you had all this ugly stuff being said and, you know, the the memes with the N-word and there's just been some nasty shit yes. said on Facebook, Twitter, 
Uh, I've got some personal friends of mine and family that have said some things that I don't agree with. But there's more to this story that hasn't come out. And <clears throat> and I really worry about Bubba, but I really am not happy with the way NASCAR has handled this. And, and I, I really think they could have done a better job. And they need to think more about Bubba from here on out, how he's going to be doing with all this. Because I'm really worried about it. I really am, Don. I am too, Mike. And, you know, Dave Moody put something out on Twitter that I 100% I felt he nailed it. What pissed me off, Mike, is these people coming out and trying to and now calling him Bubba Smollett and comparing him to Jesse Smollett. And they think he's behind this. They think that it's there him. Are, there are people that think he hung the damn rope from the door or whatever. Yeah. That it was Bubba that went in there. The drivers are not allowed in the garage. Yeah. We are we are in a COVID-19 quarantine situation where these drivers and the crew, they it's not like it normally is at a NASCAR race. I mean, they go from the hauler out to the track. I mean, from the hauler. Well, yeah, from the hauler or the, or the RV. No, their RV. Yeah. They go from their RV straight to yeah. the track. Yeah. I don't know if, um, and, and I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I was just going to throw in. If you go and listen to Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s download uh, from a week or two ago when they were in um, Homestead and he raced, he talks about the fact that he had to prepare for that and he drove himself. He didn't, because he didn't want to bring his, have his driver yeah. drive his RV up there for a day and turn around and, because he was immediately leaving and coming straight home. So he, had his rental car and he sat yeah. in his rental car yeah. till it was his exactly. turn to go get his yeah. testing done. He changed in the rental car. And so, yes, the, the drivers have no contact with their crew with anyone. They go straight from their rental car or their RV straight to the track. Um, they have to carry their own shoes. They have to put all that on, which normally they have a guy that does that. They have to hook themselves up into their cars which normally yeah. they have a guy that does that. Um, so, yes, what pisses me off, Mike, is that, and, and I'm, I want to get back to what Dave Moody posted, and it nailed it for me. Dave Moody said, you're going to tell me that one guy, one guy came up with, you know, some scheme to get himself over in Hollywood, but 150 years of this kind of crap going on and, and, and taking place, you know, and you having those facts there for 150 years, it's been going on, but you're going to believe and think that this is going to continue to happen because of one guy lied. And so now because one black guy lied in a video, now every single, now you know, every single black guy. Lied. And it's, and, and yeah. I could not agree with him more on that. Not only that, but then when you go and look at the fact that you had these assholes out sitting out there harassing people trying to get into the track with their bullshit Confederate flag stuff that same day you have yeah. the disgusting vile hatefulness coming from social media but Mike let me also point out and I don't I don't want to go find it I will tell people who the people are go on social media and go read a post from Mike Skinner's son Dustin Skinner um, who is in yeah. the industry, go read a post from Bobby Hamilton Jr. that is on social media right now. Go f read about um, 
the the guy that was with Brandon. Oh my gosh! Now I, I I've got to go find his name. Hollins is his last name. He's a gas man, or now I should say former gas man, um, on a team in the Xfinity series who was fired this weekend because. First of all, it's one thing to be a racist and an idiot. It's another thing to be so damn stupid and ignorant that you're going to go put your bullshit out on social media and think that you're going to have a job the next day. And these people have done this. Poor Mike Skinner and Angie. And and I I don't believe it's Angie Skinner's biological son. I believe she's his stepmom. But they had to go out and completely like damage control, apologizing or not apologizing for their son. I'm sorry, but saying, you know, he's a grown, you know, he's a grown man. This is his views, but this is not how we think. And we have been we're friends with Bubba. We're supportive of Bubba. But I mean, I'm talking said Bubba should have been in that noose and been dragged was the words that he used. And so for anyone questioning the motives, this shit is going on. And I'm sorry, I'll call it out, Mike. 99% of NASCAR fans are great people at the track. And and, and I'll say that at the track, because I think that's the key. A lot of this this shit that you're reading about is is just people spewing hate. They're not NASCAR fans, and they're certainly not at the races. And if they are, they're a bunch of chicken shits, because they don't put that shit out there at the track. But typewriter jockeys exactly behind the keyboard but mike you know i'll say this somebody made a noose last year and hung it whether it was a joke whether it was just killing time whatever but somebody from a team put a noose up in a garage last year and it was still hanging up there and that's wrong and these people there are people in that garage area that obviously have this mentality still and we need to weed them out and continue to weed them out. And f- it's been pretty easy because they're dumbasses and they put them shit, yeah. the shit out there. But let's continue to weed them out and get rid of them. And I have just, well, I just... I just found it hard to believe that, you know, with as tight as everything is tightened down right now because of the COVID-19 thing, I figured it was either a crew member, and I didn't think it was Richard Petty's no. 43-3 team, but some other crew member or security or track worker, that's who, who it had to have been. That's what I was thinking uh, originally. But it really upset me, especially now that everything's coming out and everything. And what, what we know um, now, I can tell y'all, it ain't anybody on the 43 team and it ain't Bubba Wallace Mm-mm. who was behind this. And they, and, would, they would they would not do this. And he's been victimized in this whole thing. Yeah, and that's what the bat. And now Bubba's got to do damage control on uh, basically for you know to basically try to redeem himself for something he hasn't even done. Yeah, and that's it's wrong. It is absolutely wrong. It it really is. And Mike, it's. I hope by the time we come back on later in the week and we do our preview, something comes out so we can, yeah, we can say, we can say, I told you so. Yeah. And we can, you know, be forthcoming with some things that we are aware of. Um, now one more thing, going back to NASCAR, I really hope NASCAR produces a picture of this rope noose, whatever you want to call it. So we can see exactly what is being questioned to shut everybody up. I really hope they say the right thing, and I really hope they really consider Bubba Wallace and all this because um, the state of the sport going forward 
depends on it, I think. And I'm looking at, you know, while we've been talking, I've been kind of just gazing over here at the at the iPad Dawn on social media. There's a lot of people questioning the media right now mm-hmm. and being real critical of the media. Some of these, and I'm not going to mention any names, you know, probably who I'm talking about, mm-hmm. but there's some, there's some people here getting called out. Um, there's a whole lot of uh, stuff being said that some of these media members, they're, they're looking really bad right now. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, it's probably not a bad thing that they're being called out for, for a change, but there's a lot of people on here that are completely wrong on all this, some with what they're saying. And I just want to see this get cleared up so we can get back to racing because the racing is fantastic right now. It's one of the best seasons I've seen since we've come back and we're, you know, we're blessed to be having any racing. Right Absolutely. Now. We, we could be shut down like the NFL. Well, you know, or, you know, and, and, and or, no, I'm not the NFL because it's not their season. But I'm saying the NBA and Major League Baseball and stuff like, you know, Mikey, sports like that that haven't started, you know. You brought up a great point. And you talked to me the other day. I, I, I just want to put this out because I think it's very relevant. But as we get closer to the Texas race, we'll, we'll get further into this. But you have been hearing a lot of stuff and you've been checking with Texas Motor Speedways and other places about um, the fact that fans will be at Texas too. You know, they're going to start bringing it, but they haven't really announced how many, what's the situation. And I don't think they can. And especially because right now, I will give you an example. Today, here in Dallas and in Houston, in Houston, they are having to use the children's hospitals right now as overflow for ICUs because the ICUs now are now at capacity again. And here in Dallas, we are at capacity in our ICUs as well. So things are about to change here, I believe in Texas. And so this situation may very well change. And, and I don't think Eddie and the gang can come out quite yet and say, because they don't know, we don't even know if we will have a race for sure here. I mean, I know they they're saying it, but things could very well change is, is my point. Um, And, but Mike, you brought up something to me the other day about people complaining, shocker, about season ticket holders being pissed because they may not be getting their same seats and that they have their tickets for and some other stuff, you know, I I mean, just. Oh, I, yeah, I can tell you what happened on Texas Motor Speedway. Yeah, uh, tell me real quick. Website, well, they announced on on their uh, social media and their website if you have tickets for, or if you had, let me go back. If you had tickets for the March race that was supposed to happen that got, didn't happen, got po- postponed to the summer, the one that they're going to have in July, the trucks of Xfinity and the Cup will be July, I think it's 17th, 18th, and 19th. So mm-hmm. Friday, Saturday, Sunday deal, whatever. Or, do, or it's a two-day deal. Um, but they're going to run the race, but they're not going to have any fans at the truck race or the Xfinity race. Uh, just just the cars only, no fans. Part of that is because if somebody comes in on a Friday or Saturday for the race, like a fan then test positive, they might have to shut everything down. They might screw up stuff for Sunday. Mm. That's what Eddie Gossett said. But the fans are supposed to take the tickets from March and basically get on, call the Speedway, and turn them back in, basically, um, 
Okay, basically, <laughs> I hear something in the background. Is that a dog? Yes, yeah, so that's why I had to. <laughs> oh, that's okay. We're we're a pet friendly radio show. <laughs> oh, can you still hear it? Yeah. Oh, it's going through there. Then okay, never mind. That's, okay, go. that's all right. Anyway, but you basically turn your tickets back in, and then they reassign you, and they're doing it because they're going to spread people out, social distance. I believe that the track can do about 50% capacity maybe or, or between 25 and 50% is, is kind of the numbers that I'm seeing being said. But fans are all upset. I have the hardback plastic seats, the red seats, and the blue seats, and I, I've, I've been a season ticket holder since this track opened, and I don't know why I can't sit in my seats. And so there's both, you got those people complaining. Uh, there's no infield uh, camping. There are there's going to be three lots outside the track where they're going to have all the camping. But some of the fans want to camp in uh, different er- different areas, and um, so that that so the TMS is trying to do the best they can to accommodate them. Um, but so basically, people are going to have to sit in different areas that they're, that they're not normally used to sitting in. The other thing that they're complaining about is the um, Normally, you could bring a cooler in, mm-hmm. but in this case, Eddie Gossage said um, no coolers. They can bring in a Ziploc bag, and like, I think it's like a gallon size Ziploc bag or a little bit bigger. It's got to be see-through. You can put ice in there. You can put food or your drinks, but a part of that is because they have to check, physically inspect, and they just want to be able to take take the bag and look at it. Well, people are bitching about that. I, I, I ought to be able to have my cooler, and so it... Texas Motor Speedway has had a lot of complaints, but my whole thing is you don't need to be glad just that we're having some races. I mean, good grief. I mean, the, this is a one-time deal. Do the best. you. We've got to do the best we can so we can get this race in. I mean, well, should and I? If you, do, should, and if you don't like it, just don't go. Yeah, I was going to say, should I Stay tell them what, what my reaction was? Remember what my reaction was? <laughs> What, it beats the ICU or what? <laughs> no, my reaction to this was your asses shouldn't be there to begin with. I mean, honestly, well, in my opinion, there shouldn't be yeah. anybody in the stands. I, I don't even know that we should be racing personally. I mean, I'm glad that we are. I, I mean, from like from a selfish standpoint as a fan, I'm glad we're seeing it. But do I know yeah. if it's the right thing? No. We see there's crew members who have tested positive. Um you know, and again, Mike, it's not necessarily just about these young people. It's about them taking it home and spreading it to other people that may be vulnerable or whatnot. And just because these yeah. people are healthy doesn't mean that things can't happen. But you're bitching about something that is so trivial. It really is. Here, Here's my take. You want to bitch about something? Bitch about the fact that that race is going to be in mid freaking july at two o'clock p.m in the afternoon your ass has to wear a mask if you're in the stands and it's going to be a hundred and something degrees with a heat index of probably about 115 in all likelihood because that's what north texas weather is in july it's miserable it's going to be brutal and if you're coming in the race you better hydrate yeah and 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 not with beer yeah exactly (laughs) but um you're right. They ought to just, you know, probably ought to not come to, to this one and come back in November or October when hopefully things will be better. So, uh, but anyway, but they've 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 had a lot of 
unfortunate things being said about them and Eddie's taking a beating and, and, and that's a lot of it is really unfair, but I, I have to applaud the track. They're trying to do whatever they can to accommodate the fans. And, and they're, we're, we're just in a bad situation right now. So everybody just needs to take a deep breath and we're going to get through all this and, and we're going to Pocono this next weekend. Doubleheader. I'm kind of I'm kind of excited about that. It's a doubleheader, and this is going to be a test dawn of really how well a doubleheader might work. Mm-hmm. You know, on 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 a schedule like for maybe 2021. Right, definitely. So we'll definitely preview Pocono here later on in the week. Um, we'll we'll be bitching at people who are bitching. I guarantee you that because that is my new thing for this season because, Mike, I have come to the realization. And again, I want to kind of save this for our next talk, but we'll tease it. We'll do that's what we call it in in radio. We do these little teases um, to kind of promote what we're going to talk about. But Mike and I have questions for people, especially folks who complain about grassroots kind of racing and how NASCAR's lost their. Yeah, uh, the grassroots and I keep hearing that. NASCAR has lost its grassroots racing, and um, I want to I want to know more about that. How we can get back to that, or what does that actually mean? Yeah, I want to know what that actually means. And I I mean I I definitely have my view on, views on it, and I'll, I'm going to save that though. We'll go off on that because Mike, I have just come to the realization that there is no pleasing. I I honestly feel like all of these things that we've brought up that people are bitching about, it's all the same people, no matter what. The bitching about the Confederate flag, the bitching about where my seats are. I'm a season ticket holder. The bitching about I'm never watching NASCAR again. I have heard that from the, from the same people for the last f- 15 years now that they're not watching. But yet these people seem to every single week know exactly what has gone on in a race, know all kinds of details about it, things that you wouldn't know just from seeing a highlight reel. You would have had to have watched the race to know about it. And even even if you only saw it on a highlight reel. Why the hell are you paying attention to it? Because you don't care. Remember, um, I, I, it's just you know, my no matter what, this sport is not going anywhere. The sport is not going anywhere. The numbers from Monday's race, which is one thing you I want to end on, that was a positive. Let, let me see if I can call that up real quick. And I actually saw the actual number too. I've got two things I want to bring out. Oh, here it is. Yeah, Adam Stern, um, five hours ago, on he tweeted out that Fox TV, Don earned a... Uh, are you still there? Yes, I am. Okay, it just said poor connection. Uh, I want to make sure. Let me start over. Um, Don Adam Stern on Fox TV for, said that... Uh, or he's, Adam Stern said on that, fo- that Fox TV... I'll get this right. <laughs> Earned a, this is like reading the lineup. <laughs> okay, Fox TV earned a 2.1 rating and had 3.356 million viewers for yesterday's thriller at Talladega, making it the most watched makeup NASCAR race, excluding the Daytona since 2014 and the spring Texas race, which had 3.513 million. Uh, and in that year as well. So an average of, uh, oh, and also an average of 43.9 thousand people streamed the race yesterday. So that came from uh, Adam Stern, uh, who usually has the, the numbers and they're always 
correct. Right. And I've also seen, I will tell you that um, if you want to break down those rating numbers, it broke down into there was 3,356,000 viewers for yesterday's race. Keep in mind that was a rain. Uh, a Okay. It was a. Yeah, that's what I said. It yeah. was a move over for Monday uh, um, yeah. from Sunday's race, which it also had a rain delay during it on Monday. It was over five hours long. And people yeah. and three million people stuck through that. That's those are really good numbers. And not and and the the other thing is the fact that they stuck through it on a Monday afternoon. A lot of people have gone back to work and these kind of things. And so those are really good numbers. Those are numbers yeah. that most professional sports would kill to have during their playoffs. You're right. And I wanted to mention something about that rain delay. I saw a lot of positive things being said on social media regarding NASCAR, regarding the little documentary, the documentary that they ran, Jeff Gordon versus Dale Earnhardt Sr. Uh-huh. I'm not sure if you've seen that, but yeah. it's really well done. And a lot of people made comments like, damn, I wish I had watched NASCAR back in those days. Yeah, I thought it was damn, great. That I wish I was alive back in those days when... Some some of the younger fans were saying that 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 would have been an exciting period of time, man. I you know, I always heard about these two guys, and so that had a that showing that because there was a lot of new fans that have been coming on board here lately. That was a real positive thing. Uh, one more thing with Adam Stern, real quick. I know we're kind of getting off topic, but I do want to mention that he also tweeted out an hour ago, Don, that um, uh. Indy, the uh, Indianapolis Motor Speedway has sold around 175,000 tickets for the 104th running of the Indy 500 in August. That includes both grandstands and suites. That's per a source. So uh, they've sold a lot of tickets. Now, let's keep our fingers crossed that COVID-19 doesn't KO that race because their numbers are iffy right now, and they may have to not allow that many people. But um, uh that that's 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 pretty good considering you know the races moved from May to August and the whole situation right now. So I, I thought those numbers were real good. Well, let's just hope that those are accurate numbers and those aren't TikTok kids coming in and reserving. <laughs> true, that is that is true. I'm sorry, I just had to. Yeah, we'll go there. But, but anyway. So uh, the, other, the other thing is, I understand that Bubba Wallace is going to be on Don Lemon. Uh, he tweeted out a little while ago that in half an hour, he's going to be on Don Lemon on CNN. So I'm hoping to catch a replay of that and see. I hope that interview went well for Bubba. Well, very interesting because I knew that he was scheduled to do that. And I knew that he was scheduled also following that to be on with Trevor Noah. Um, but my understanding is that there was some work being done to possibly reschedule those because of the things that have come out of the announcement. Bubba yeah, not Bubba, having to deal with all of that. Bubba tweeted out an hour ago, I will be chatting with Don Lemon shortly, but that's the last I saw. Okay. Well, so good. It may not, it may, may not have happened or if it did happen, maybe they're in the process of doing the interview as we uh, do our interview. Well, you know what? Then I, th I say we jump off and let's go find out and we'll make sure that we have any and all of that audio um, here up on TracksmackRadio.com very soon, as soon as we can get, you know, if there's anything new to it and um, 
let's just say this. Bubba's not going to be one that's going to hold back. He's not going to be PC. What you see is what you get with him. So I'm very interested, especially now, to see what he comes out and says um, in light of all of this. And all I'm going to say, everybody needs to stay tuned. There's more to the story. Absolutely. Uh, Well, Mike, I hope that folks stay tuned to us because we'll be back here um, throughout the week with more stories, more uh, audio and stuff. And we'll make sure that we do our preview for Pocono and give our picks later on in the week. Uh, Make sure you check out TracksmackRadio.com for uh, any other updates. And then, of course, things will be put out on all the major podcast platforms that most people listen to. And as always, RacedASA.com. Yeah, RacedASA.com. Don't forget that one. No, absolutely. (laughs) I would never. I always leave the best for last. Um, I'm the one that forgets this. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Mike, you have yourself a great evening. Um, Listeners, thank you, as always, for giving us a chance, listening to us, putting up with us. And uh, above everything else, I hope that throughout all of this, the one thing that stays in your mind was what you saw pre-race and, you know, the unity there, the NASCAR garage. And Mike, a little advice that I'm having to take myself, you know me, I, I usually am not the one that takes a deep breath before I get on the keyboard and start responding to folks. But I did tweet something out earlier today. And it's really something that I want to try to live by here over the next little while. I think it's good advice, not, you know, not to toot my own horn, but it's advice that I gave that I really need to take and, and practice myself. From now on, when you start seeing these people with this hate and these conspiracy theories and all this other crap that you're seeing on social media, both Facebook, Instagram, whatever you're seeing it on, Instead of responding to it, because that's what they want. They're trying to create, you know, and, and, and just mess with people. Instead of responding and buying into it, you know what? There's a button on there that says report this person. Go report them. Because right now these social media p- platforms are really not putting up with it. And just go report them because they'll get banned. Um, because the, the, the social media platforms will go and investigate. And I guarantee you that one thing that you saw is not the only thing that they've been posting and, and, you know, and just do it that way. We need to rid ourselves of these people, um, from being able to get in there and infest with such negativity and such divisiveness and disgust. Just go and block them, go report them, go do whatever it is you need to do other than engage with them because engaging with them does nothing but lower yourself to their standards. And that's, and and none of us need to do that. Um, and, and I, I also gave that advice. I talked with a couple of friends of ours that are crew members Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I said the same thing. I said, you know, with what I saw on the track the other day, it inspired me, but some of the things that I have seen from people, from crew members or former race people or whatever makes me still have my guard up. And I tell them it is now more important than ever that these crew members, anyone at the track, if you hear or if you read something from somebody that you work with in the industry or you see it or you've got to report it, you you have got to report yeah. it because this is the time we have got to get this crap and there's only a few of them, but we've got to get them out of the industry in that, order for us to move forward. That is true. And also goes back to, we're lucky to be racing right now. A lot of these guys and crew members could be out of jobs. So yep. we all know, again, we all need to take just a deep breath here and 
keep moving forward and keep all that in mind because, you know, that's a livelihood of these guys and they, they need the work and we need to keep, you know, everybody healthy so we can enjoy what we see on Sundays with the racing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Mike, um, my friend, love you. Take care. Yeah. We'll talk to you later in the week. Listeners, love you. Um, we'll, we'll all get through this together. It's the only way we can do it. We have to be together on it. Um, we'll talk with you guys later on in the week. Sorry, I'm not wearing my mask, but I wanted to show whoever it was that you're not going to take away my smile, and uh, I'm going to keep on going. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.